Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 6. This is Lesson 13. Um, we're going to continue where we left off on page 45. What I'll do is, um, just to get us going, um, go back to page 41, where it talks about, the. this is all about the law of loving your enemies, and uh, this is where Jesus says, and I'm reading in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, where he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. And remember again, this is identical, uh, almost identical to Luke chapter 6 and verse 27, where Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Now, we talked about this last time, and I don't really want to go over it again. Um, but remember that we're talking about loving. We're talking about, you know, we looked at loving your neighbor, and uh, we found out that, uh, you know, we found out what your, who your neighbor was. Remember, we looked at the Good Samaritan, and uh, we went through all of that. I uh, don't want to do it again, because, <laughs> you know, we don't want to spend that much time. Uh, and uh, we, we were on to this where... He says that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but now he's saying, I'm saying to you, love your enemies. Uh, I, I really like Luke when he says, but I say to who, who, you who, who hear, because not everybody wants to hear. <laughs> okay, uh, It is something that people uh, you know, don't really want to uh, do. And uh, remember Luke was writing to the Gentiles, um, Matthew was writing to the Jews, and uh, we know that because the Jews already knew this, uh, he basically says, you've heard this, this is what I'm saying to do instead. Um, but with Luke, um, he writes it in a little bit different in that he says, "For for you know, but uh, I say to you who hear, because not everybody wants to hear this. And uh, I think uh, that's fair enough for, for a lot of people. Now, moving on, uh, I want to continue reading in Matthew 5.44, where he says again, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, there's, you know, that is a bit of a mouthful, and this not many people want to do this sort of a thing. Uh, you know, it's it's very hard to love your enemies in this way because Jesus explains and says, "This is how you love them." First of all, you bless those who curse you. And uh, again, you know, as I said to you before, you need to know how to do that. You need to understand what does it mean to bless somebody who curses you because you can't just pronounce a blessing on them and say, God, just bless them. And regardless of what mean things they're doing to me or anybody else, you know, just, just bless them and give them all the good things. And, you know, God, just help him just uh, never realize that they're doing anything wrong because they're constantly blessed. <laughs> Okay? You know that sounds wrong, didn't it? Okay? I mean, just saying it, it's wrong. So, again, we, we look at this and we understand that Jesus, as He's sharing this, He also requires you to know how to bless people. And we're going to, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute. But you can't go against the Word of God to bless someone. You know, the Bible says, whatever you sow, you'll reap. And so, therefore, you need to understand that when he says to bless those who curse you, it needs to be in line with God's word and the things that, it, it doesn't go against everything the Bible says. Let me, let me just put it that way. Uh, and the thing that you can do to bless somebody that, that is doing the wrong thing by you is to, I guess, pray for a revelation that they realize that they're 
in, in doing and saying the wrong things that they're going to reap a very bad harvest. <laughs> okay, So you can pray for the eyes of the understanding to open uh, and so that they can actually see what they're doing and where that's going to end up and where, you know, where it's going to take them really. And uh, hopefully with that insight and that understanding, uh, they'll, they'll decide not to go down that road. No, notice he goes on to say, do good to those who hate you. Doing good, you know, blessing is, uh, most of the time it's with your words, but doing good brings it down to deeds. And it's sort of saying, do good to those who hate you. Um, and, and that's, you know, again, these are things that we looked at, but I want you to see that he says that you need to do good to those who hate you. And in other words, you know, if you see a problem, you need to do something about it. You need to bless them in some way. And again, be spirit-led in how and what you do. Uh, we talked about this before. So again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I do want to get on to where we left off. And then he went on to say, pray for those who spitefully use you. And persecute you, which is a very difficult thing again. And uh, you you really need to know how to pray for them and what to pray for them. And uh, again, things that we discussed before. And uh, notice it says, for those who spitefully use you. In other words, they do it just out of spite. Okay, they're not doing it because there's a reason for it. They're just doing it out of spite. Okay, which means they're, they're, there's not, they just don't like you. Okay, <laughs> it's one of those situations. It's unreasonable. Uh, in Luke Luke 6 and verse 27, 28, again, we looked at the parallel verses that, uh, where Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Alright, so we got to the place where, uh, where did I leave off? I, I, I got to the place where I was talking to you about uh, basically praying, about praying over situations, um, you know, as you move on, again, remember we, we talked about uh, the situation where you yourself, you know, you need to, in, in doing this, you too need to get to the place where you don't hold anything against those people. Because it gets in the way of your blessing. And so the place that we left off, uh, we talked about this, and, and let me just reread this. It says, now in order for your prayers to be heard, you need to have first repented yourself for any resentment or hurt feelings you may be harboring against them. And actually say out loud, and this is where we left off, Lord, I forgive them for any and all wrongs they, may, uh, they have committed against me. Now, I want to move on to the next thing. In his commentary, William uh, Hendrickson excuse me, says that by means of loving their enemies and uh, praying for them, Christ's followers prove to themselves and to others that they are true sons of the Father in heaven. I think this is incredible. He says again, by means of loving their enemies and praying for them. This isn't something that people normally do. You know, people usually curse their enemies. And, you know, they, the last thing they want to do is pray for them. I mean, they have, don't have enough time to pray for the people they like, let alone the people they don't like. <laughs> okay? But I want you to notice that, you know, William Hendrickson brings this out. The fact that by means of loving their enemies and praying for them, it's, he says Christ's followers will prove to themselves and to others. I want you to notice the first thing he says is that you prove this to yourself. Because, you know, this is something that you will look and you will go, wow, I would have never done that in the past. You know, if they did me wrong, I would have just let them have it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and in doing this, in loving your enemies and praying for them, one of the things that you find out is something about yourself and the changes that have taken place, the new creation that you are on the inside. And, and again, you know, this is before Jesus went to the cross, so you know that we can do so much better now 
than we would have ever been able to do before he went to the cross. And uh, th- he's giving this advice before he goes to the cross. And But remember again, he said that, you know, you have a comforter. You, he said, greater works than these shall you do. I believe this is one of those things, okay? This, this could be classified as a greater work, uh, doing something that would go beyond what a lot of people would imagine. And again, you know, I mean, Jesus did all of that. I mean, you know, uh, we're just trying to get up to his standard. I think we're struggling just to get there, forget the greater works. You know, let's just do the works he did, which, which are just extraordinary in themselves. Um, and so, but this is one of those things, I believe that, you know, in, in, in because of Jesus went to the cross, because he paid the price, we more than ever now uh, should be able to do this, love our enemies, pray for them, and uh, prove to ourselves uh, that we are now God's children. Uh, now the other thing as well is that, it says that Christ's followers will prove to themselves and to others that they are true sons of the Father in heaven. In, in proving it to others, you know, that's where people look at it and say, wow, it's, this person, you know, obviously, this is beyond what we can manage. This is beyond, uh, you know, what I can even <laughs> imagine, okay, let alone manage. And, uh, you know, that, that they're doing something that is just outside normal human kind of behavior, all right, that people that are being spitefully, you know, used and abused and so on and so forth, uh, are praying for those people that are doing that to them. I mean, uh, that's incredible. And that's why he says that we'll prove to themselves and to others that they are true sons of the Father in heaven. And that's why Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 5.45, He says that you maybe or literally show yourselves to be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. So I really want you to see that, that this is what allows people to see that you are God's kids. Okay, Rather than just say, well, I'm, I'm God's child and I have all these privileges, there are things that as God's children we, are ne- we need to do. Uh, and, and you know we need to prove out in a sense um, and, and let people know not just the way we get blessed but the way we bless others and the way we go well beyond natural expectations to do things that are just extraordinary and this would be one of those extraordinary things. Now this is slightly different to Luke's account which has Jesus saying there in Luke chapter 6 towards the end of verse 35 he says and you will and literally Prove to be the sons of the Most High. Now remember again, you know, when it says sons, uh, you know, don't get upset, <laughs> okay? It's talking about each and every one of us, whether male or female, having the Son living on the inside of us. I think it's Galatians 3.28 that talks about, you know, there's neither male nor female, bond nor free, you know, uh, uh, Jew or Gentile. It says we're all one in Christ. And that's the thing. It's all in Christ, in Him. And because it's he is on the inside of us not only are we in him but he is also in the inside of us and the way that god sees us is through christ he actually sees christ in us and that's why we're always referred to in so many instances as the sons of god whether we're male or female because again it tells us that god has no problem with you being male or female and there are no no differences Hello. No differences in the way that he that um, he blesses you, and also he exercises his power through you. Amen. See, God always had a, a global mentality. He always had a worldwide mentality. Okay, it's only people that sort of uh, narrowed it down to suit themselves. Okay. <laughs> That's why when Jesus came, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I think that shocked Nicodemus when he actually said that to him, because Nicodemus was a Jew, and uh, he always thought it was probably for mostly for Jews and you know a few Gentiles here and there, but not the whole world. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, now, 
Let's move on. Remember again that Luke was addressing a non-Jewish audience. And so while Matthew addresses God as Father in Heaven, Luke addresses God as the Most High, uh, as opposed to all the other lesser gods that may have previously worshipped. Now, this is really interesting because the Apostle Paul does this as well. Remember when he goes to the temple uh, in, in Rome, and, and you know <laughs> the Romans were very interesting. Every culture that they... Uh, what can I say? Uh, invaded, uh, conquered, okay? Uh, every culture that they conquered, what they would do is they would not only bring the people in, they would also bring along their God as well, you know, because <laughs> they found that people, if you brought their God along with them, people tend not to rebel so much because they kind of have their God, they'll continue praying, they'll continue doing their own thing, and, uh, you know, and then Rome will kind of just absorb them all in. And uh, the, one of the things was Rome, you know, the Romans were quite um, superstitious. And so they wanted to make sure that they didn't kind of forget any God, you know, just in case they brought somebody and they forgot to put their God up. And uh, they didn't want to, you know, uh, lose out on everything that they had gained. And so they put up a statue to the unknown God. And that's where, you know, the Apostle Paul comes in and he looks at it and says, By the way, you know this God that you keep saying is unknown and you all don't know? I, I know Him. I can tell you about Him. And yes, He is greater than all the other ones. And, uh, you know, I think the Apostle Paul was, was very smart in doing that and being able to minister uh, to, uh, you know, to all the Romans in that way. And, and they received that as well. Uh, hence the book of Romans, okay? <laughs> we know the church began there. And uh, we all know the church of Rome, right? Dear Lord. Okay, now looking at the verse itself, uh, what it's actually saying is that as God's children or sons and daughters of the Most High, we are to do our best to love like our Father loves. And since He loves His enemies, then He expects us to do the same. Now this is a real key thing, you know, because we're really, are meant to uh, imitate God. We're not meant to imitate people around us and, you know, like our dirty old uncle over there and <laughs> right? we're doing better than him at least, we, you know, we love a little bit. Uh, the, the, the comparison is not made to anybody on this planet. This com- the comparison is made to our Father in Heaven. Okay, and, and so, well, you know, again, we are to do our best to love like Him, okay, and since He loves His enemies, then He expects us to do the same thing because, listen to me, even though, you know, that a person may be your enemy, he's not God's enemy. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Even if they oppose God, and we're going to find out, you know, um, that, that he makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. And, you know, he, he blesses everybody the same. And the reason is that, you know, people change, man. I mean, you know, uh, you, you might think, well, bless God, they don't, you know, uh, they don't deserve this chance. Well, you didn't either. You weren't a saint. There were things you did. Don't look at me, you know, with that innocent look. There were things you did that were not good. And thank God, God's mercy endured forever and waited for you to come to your senses. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and, and work your way back with a hundred people praying for you or whatever. Uh, and, you know, praise God. I mean, you got there. You got back to the place where, where you realized your foolishness and you ended up going, well, sorry, God. And, and you repented. And now this, that's where you are now. But that's not where you started. And there are people out there that might be your enemy that might need to, you know, uh, tra- go on that journey themselves to to come to the place where who knows, maybe one day they'll be your best friend. You know, and they'll say, my gosh, I was really bad, wasn't I? And, and you need to remember before you say yes to that, that so were you. Okay? <laughs> you need to say, won't we all? Alright, and then thank God for His mercy that endures forever. And you know, and you can be a part of that story as well. You can be a part of that good news. You can be a part of that success if you were praying for them. You know, if you said, well, you know, I was praying for you. Not in a boastful way, but just let them know that, you know, regardless of what they were doing, that you still hung in 
in there and you did what this verse said. That you loved them and you prayed for them regardless of how they mistreated you. Amen. And can I tell you something? You do that and those kind of people will be your best friends for life. You know, because they'll realize the kind of character that you have. uh, And and the kind of person that you are. So anyway, that's just for free. Alright, getting back to this. uh, I've said here... That does not mean that if we aren't loving everyone like this, then we are not God's children. Listen to me. This is a real key thing. As Leon Morris points out, to be God's children means to love. Love and membership in God's family go together. But you need to understand that that's you know that we are to love in that way. However, you need to realize that you know if you're not you, if you're not there yet. <laughs> Okay, you know the kids go. Are we there yet? Are we there? okay? If you're not there yet, and you're on the, as long as you're making progress towards this, as long as you're moving towards this, as long as you know you are doing your very best, uh, that's all that God requires of you. And you know that you are honest as well. Can I just say this? You know, if you're having trouble loving someone, and if there's an issue that is causing you grief, then just be you know honest with God and just say to Him, "Listen, I'm having problems with this. I know you've told me to do this. You know, Jesus said, be hot or cold.'" don't be lukewarm because I'll spit you out of my mouth. <laughs> okay? You don't want to get spat out of God's mouth. Alright, listen, you need to be either hot or cold. Either you say, yes God, I'm doing this or dear God, I can't. <laughs> okay? I really need help. And allow Him to help you with it. And you'll find that He'll help you with it and help you get through it and give you whatever grace that you need in order to, to do this, to do what He's asking you to do. God's word always comes with grace. It comes with power. If you are being led by the Spirit and God asks you to do something, then just expect that if He asks you to do something, then the power will be there to do it. The grace will be there to do it. Uh, everything that you need will be there to do it. And you know, if, it, if you're having trouble with it, it means that you're kind of dis... Um, uh, how, how I'm looking for a word. You've disconnected along the way somewhere from that initial instruction and all the power that went with it to you know maybe you're trying to do it in the flesh now. And if you ever get in the flesh family, can I just say, say this? Stop and go back. Just don't try to do it in the flesh because I, I will guarantee you the thing will go wrong. I will guarantee you the success that it was meant to have will not happen. And then you'll have a bad experience and then the next time God leads you in a certain way, in a certain direction, you'll just say no because you'll remember that failure and the devil will make sure that he reminds you of that failure over and over again to make sure that you never progress and never go forward. So I'm, I'm telling you, you know, please be careful and uh, um, again, take my advice on these things. Amen. Alright, that's why you're here, okay? But again... As to how, let's move on, as to how uh, God loves His enemies, Jesus goes on to say, uh, in the latter half of Luke 6.35, He says, For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. I think this is really significant, that He is kind, okay, to people that don't thank Him, and to people that are literally evil. Okay, it says, to the unthankful and evil. And I really need you to get this, that, you know, God is not looking for thanks. He's not looking, you know, we, I know we always preach about, you know, having a thankful heart and you know being thankful and you know th- uh, thanksgiving is the word that we use keeps the door open to all of God's blessings to come into our life and uh, you know uninterrupted okay <laughs> hallelujah and we want those kind of blessings but you you know the, the the thing that we need to see from this is that you know God is kind to the unthankful and the evil and if he's that way then we need to get to the place where we need to love like him remember the God kind of love has been translated as charity in the King James 
because it's a kind of love that gives without expecting to receive. Can you see that in here when he says that he is kind to the unthankful and evil? It's that God kind of love, that agape kind of love, that, that, that blesses regardless, and whether he's thanked or not. See, that's the reason why when people get to heaven, not, there's not going to be people, you know, anybody really that's going to be able to point to God and say, well, you didn't help me and you didn't you know, bless me, whatever. They'll find that there were all these things. Yes, we live in a fallen planet. Yes, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But in amongst all of that, he said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light. Okay, uh, and, and remember again that God wants to bless you. And the thing is that even though we're in a fallen world, the thing we must not do is think that God is in, in control of everything. Because if he was, as I've said this to you before, he would have got everybody saved the moment Jesus was, you know, Jesus died, you know, when, when he went to the cross and died and paid the price. He would have just said, I don't care what anybody thinks, the price has been paid, you know, and it's, it, it, his only begotten son died this horrible death. You, you know, I'm not giving you a choice, okay? God would say, I'm not giving you a choice. I'm just taking, I'm just make, getting you all saved regardless of whether you like it or not. Uh, and again, you know, that would have happened if people, if what people think was true, then there would be no choice. If God was sovereign to that degree that he could just make whatever happened happen, you know, then that's what would have happened. Everybody would have got saved. And he wouldn't have cared what they thought. See, again, this comes back to this thing again, where people sort of think, well, God is in charge of everything. So they start blaming him for things that go wrong, instead of understanding that you you live in a fallen world. There is an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God is saying to you, if anything happens, if anything goes wrong, come to me. I'll help you, but you need to understand, I'm not behind it. That's the first thing you need to understand, so that you can then move forward. And again, you know, this, this all comes back to this. You need to understand that if he is kind to the unthankful and evil, do you think he's going to harm and hurt you on purpose? So you need to get that kind of fixed in your brain, in, 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 you know, to, uh, to get to the place where you too then can become that help to people. So that you don't stand there and judge people the way you think God is judging you. If we realize that God's not judging you, that God is loving you, that God is looking for opportunity to help you whenever He gets an opportunity, you know, any chance, any door you open, He comes through and He'll help you and bless you. Just do whatever it takes to get you across that line. If you get that, if you see that, then you'll become that kind of person to other people. Remember, we're meant to love like God loves. And we need to understand how God loves in order to love like God loves. Amen? And so you, that's why I need you to get this revelation and, and get this insight into what this verse is bringing out. In Matthew's Gospel, I want to continue here, Jesus clarifies how exactly God does this by saying in the latter half of Matthew 5.45, For He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends, this is what I, I said I would bring this out, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Can you see this? Do you understand that, you know... <laughs> You know, God doesn't sort of say, well, you know, I'm going to make the sun rise, but not on all the bad people, okay? Them, them, peop- them fellows in that country, because they're so bad, the sun's not going to rise tomorrow. And you might say, well, brother, you know, we understand how the earth goes around and everything in the sun and all that. We can't stop that. Hey, listen, remember when the battle of, uh, I think it's Agilon or whatever, when Joshua said, you know what, hold, I need some more light. I kind of, I haven't finished fighting yet. We, we need this battle. We need to win this battle. We need 
need more light. You know, they couldn't turn on floodlights back then. And it said that God just held the sun, <laughs> okay, until they defeated all their enemies. That, that's that's kind of cool, all right? So God can do that sort of stuff, okay? Because that doesn't involve anybody's will. So, you know, kind of put that in your pipe and smoke it a little bit. But, you know, things like that are possible. So when, when Jesus says this, he's not saying, and he's not, you know, you don't look at Jesus and go, now listen, Jesus, you need to sit down. Let me show you, you know, a, a picture of the, the solar system and let me show you how the sun and everything works because you kind of obviously don't know how this works. Hey, man, he made it all. All things were created by him and for him. If he wants to stop everything, he can stop it. If he wants the sun to shine on one lot and not on the other lot, trust me, it'll do. Somehow, some way. You might think, well, I can't imagine how. That's why you're not God, okay? He is and you're not. Okay, so... Let me get back to this. It says, for he makes his sunrise. And watch this. It says, he makes his sunrise. He makes his sunrise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. I think that is extraordinary. In normal circumstances, this is exactly what happens. You know, whether, <laughs> whether you're growing vegetables or you're, you know, you're growing um, uh, things that are not legal. <laughs> Let me just say that. It, you know, it, it'll rain on everything. Okay? <laughs> so the rain comes comes to everyone, and uh, you know, uh, there are consequences for, for, you know, for growing things that are not right, okay? But the thing is that God, you know, doesn't stop the rain from coming. Now, the, the, the interesting thing, and let me just give you this little extra thing, we might have to bring this to a conclusion. Uh, the interesting thing is that, you know, remember a time of famine that Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold, okay? And the Philistines said, get away from us, you know, you're just shaming us. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- that tells us something, where, you know, because the earth has fallen and, and, you know, it's under a curse, things are not functioning the way they should. But as a child of God, even when things don't function the way they should, with God in your life, you can actually uh, um, <laughs> receive what is... Uh, quote unquote unnatural and be blessed in a time of famine okay and uh, you know especially in the times that we live in now we really need that kind of blessing don't we so you know you need to you need to understand that God loves all God blesses all and you know if you are in God's family and you understand your rights and, and you know your privileges in God then even when things are going bad not because God wants him bad because God gave us a perfect planet we messed it up and because of the fall of man you know all all sorts of bad things are happening and people sadly keep blaming God for the things that they instigated and they started anyway. But I want you to understand, if you realize that He is a God that loves, He is kind to the unthankful and evil, that He makes His, his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust, and you realize this kind of loving God that He is, then you'll be able to receive from Him in times of famine, in times when things are not going well, and just be blessed regardless. Hallelujah. <coughs> William Hendrickson says that the way Jesus says it, we are made to look beyond the action to the one who causes it and to the reason that brings it about, namely the Father's love for mankind. Did you see that? Okay. He says we are to look beyond the action of the one who causes it and to the reason that, that brings it about, that is God's love. So it's not just the Father bringing this to us, but the love that the Father has for us is, the, is what we are experiencing and what we receive from. He adds, though the Father is the, uh, the spotless, spotlessly holy one, Yet, he does not shrink from pouring out his blessing on both evil and good. Praise God. Finally, in his commentary, Leon Morris says that with the sunshine, Jesus links the rain. Just as the sunlight, rain comes on good, on good and bad alike. 
God does not limit his blessing to those who serve him faithfully, even to those who oppose him, who are, who are unthankful and evil. He gives many good things. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to leave it there because the next thing we're going to look at is Jonah. And uh, I think we need to take a break and come back because that's going to take a session just in itself. So we'll see you in the next, in the next session.